Welcome to Kingstar Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here. And wherever you're listening from, we believe God's word will impact your everyday life. I want you to turn it to your Bible in Ephesians chapter number two. Uh, I'm not really going to preach or teach much tonight, but kind of tickle a little bit on the waters that I think will be busting or breaking sometime this week. Uh, before the before before the end of this week, and so I just want you to follow with me closely, uh, catch probably as much as you can, and let us see how much you can go with it. I want to uh, stick with something that I want to call uh, divine systems or system unto glory. We are talking about a manifestation of glory, and uh, I do believe that it's not just a nice, uh, sleek, sly title for a conference, uh, but a very strong affirmation of what God is practically doing among us. Amen? Uh, chapter number 2, Ephesians is where we are. And I want to read verse number 10. Uh, he says in the King James Version, that for we are his workmanship, uh, created in Christ Jesus, and to good works, uh, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, uh, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. By the time we're done this week, I want this scripture to be in your heart. Know it by heart if you didn't know it before or if it is one, one of those that you usually let pass. I want you to, uh, by the end of this week, to be able to close your eyes and lift your hand and say, For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus and to good works, which God hath before ordained that we should uh, walk in them. Why don't you say that together with me? For we are his workmanship, uh, created in Christ Jesus and to good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. Lord, we thank you so very much tonight for your word, and we speak an opening of insight, an opening of glory, revelation tonight, uh, an insight that only you can give to move us uh, to our next level in the understanding of this, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. Uh, Paul began to write this uh, to the church uh, in Ephesus uh, as an epistle uh, to a people that were listening from him that uh, the Lord had sent unto the Gentiles. Amen. Uh, Paul is a very strong figure in the Gentile church, in the New Testament Gentile church, uh, that uh, his letters, he would literally write epistles that uh, the Lord honored uh, for he spoke through him as by the Holy Spirit that his own writings, the Lord endowed and endorsed uh, that they could or they should become canon as of Scripture. Amen. And so this is Paul writing to uh, the good people in Ephesus and he's trying to emphasize uh, that we are his workmanship. In other words, to say the workmanship of God, the working of God, uh, which uh, God has created in Christ Jesus. And he's created us into good works, which he had before ordained that we may be able to walk in them. Amen. Uh, when we begin to talk about glory, like we are talking this week about a manifestation of glory, and I had the pastor say that the glory is here, 
I just want to take some time in these uh, few minutes tonight and many uh, the next two or three days to uh, just break down a few things in my little uh, light understanding of our connection with God and to a revelation of glory. Amen. And so I want to call a subject uh, the systems, uh, divine systems unto glory or divine system unto glory. And by that, I want to begin simply by letting us understand. I know that probably most of you, if not all of us, I know that we've been to school and we've learned about systems and how they work, how it is a combination of many things uh, to ultimately bring uh, a compounded result. Amen. Uh, So system in the Greek is the word systema or systema, uh, which is literally uh, a compounded wall. Uh, of several parts or members uh, set as if uh, to bring forth uh, a set or a set of inter- in- intersecting or interdependent components uh, for a result of forma- for forming or a formation of an integrated whole. Amen? Uh, so we are looking at a part here and a part there, and we are looking at a combination of here and a combination of that to ultimately give us a result uh, which, in my sense of the understanding of tonight and the next few days, uh, is nothing but glory. Nothing but glory. Uh, cardboard or the glory of God revealed among men. All right? When you talk about, for example, automobile bills you know those of you that drive that that is an automobile system uh, a connection of this thing and the connection of that thing uh, to ultimately cause a piece of metal to move you uh, from point a to point b glory to god so we are looking at a result of combined uh, integrated parts uh, uh, compounded parts to give us uh, uh, an, an integration into a whole am i trying or am i successful in confusing you tonight already glory hallelujah uh, forming an integrated whole, forming a combination, you know, forming a combination, uh, uh, a system. Uh, when we talk about systems, they are not only uh, those of this world, although uh, those of this world are the ones that most, uh, the ones that are most understood. But literally, everything operates under the cloud and the understanding uh, of systemata or systemata or systems. Let's say in English, systems. All right, because it takes a combination of this and a combination of that to give us a result. Out, right? When you're baking a cake, you don't just throw it in there uh, with some wheat and everything in there and expect a cake to come out, but you must have a precision uh, of uh, of baking and understanding of uh, of the recipe of what you're combining what with what at what amount of heat and when do you put it in the oven and when do you take it out of the oven so that ultimately somebody will sit at the, at the dinner table and enjoy a dessert in the name of cake. Are we talking? Did you know that uh, the reason the earth rotates around uh, the, the sun or, the, the, or around its orbit and why uh, the, the, the planets move around uh, the sun and the reason we have a day and a night and the reason we have uh, 12 months and then a year, uh, the reason we have a leap year after four years, if I'm not mistaken, do you know that that is simply a demonstration of systems? Hallelujah. Did you know that the scripture says it must be uh, Hebrews chapter number, uh, I think verse, uh, chapter number one, I think, and verse number three, when he talks about God upholding the universe by his word or power. Do you know that the earth has never coll- collided uh, with uh, Jupiter or Pluto, for that matter, or Mercury? Do you know that an accident like that has not happened one of these days because there's a system in order? Hallelujah. 
In other words, things don't happen by chance, so the earth is not where it is by chance, so Monday is not Monday, or rather Monday is not Tuesday, and Tuesday is not Friday, uh, not by chance, but by a literally designed out system that causes things to be the way they are. I don't know if I may be right, but I think at that moment I can begin to uh, extend my submission to you that possibly your life is what it is today, not by chance, Oh, by coincidence, but because of certain things in your life that have literally caused you to be where you are, doing what you do. And do, do you know that uh, you saw yourself, you thought about this service today, and you saw yourself in this service, and you saw a certain preacher from Nairobi coming to preach, and you imagined some music. Uh, Israel is going to be leading us in that song because it's her favorite, and I'm going to be dressed like this, and I'm going to be dressed like this. And somehow, all that system came together, and today, lo and behold, we have it in existence. Hallelujah. I would like to say that as Paul articulates these things of truth, cosmic truth of the redemptive work of God in Christ Jesus, we must at the back of our mind be reminded and keep it in focus that ancient Ephesus formed such an appropriate background because of its fascination with magic and the occult. Uh, so when Paul is talking about uh, uh, being in Christ Jesus and we being his workmanship, it's not something that is just falling out of. It's not just being prophetic and God speaking things to him uh, so that he may talk about workmanship at that point. But he's talking to a people that have a background of uh, the understanding of powers and the understanding of systems and the understanding of the occult and the understanding of the powers of the air. Glory to God. I think that's why he began to talk to them, uh, mentioning things like, if you look at Acts chapter number number 19 and verse number 19, uh, Paul began to, rather the writer of the book of Acts, began to explain to us that many of them also, which had curious arts, they brought in their books all together, and they burned them before all men, and they counted at the place of them the cost of them, and they found that it was more than uh, 50,000 pieces of silver. In other words, he's talking to a people that have had an experience of some kind of supernatural power uh, demonstrating a system that causes a result uh, to a certain degree in the living of the life that they lived. Am I talking? Glory, hallelujah. I think it's no wonder that in the closing of that holy writing in the book of Ephesians, uh, Paul explains in the sixth chapter, emphasizing to them that you must remember that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Hallelujah. But against uh, 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 powers and uh, principalities and powers and the rulers of darkness in the, uh, uh, the rulers of darkness in this world and against spiritual wickedness in the high places. Glory to God. Uh, a system and a kind of undergone, uh, some kind of togetherness, a putting together of things that we contend with, that when we begin to bind the devil, we are not doing something that is discussed under disguise or chance or some kind of coincidence or the being of the things that be. Glory to God. But we are literally disorganizing a system that has been organized to a certain end that it may produce a certain result. Glory, hallelujah. And so, when Paul is talking about, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus and to good works, uh, which God has before ordained, that we should walk in them. I begin to have an understanding of, first of all, uh, that we are his workmanship, which for me represents a what or some kind of product uh, in the mind of God. 
Hallelujah. So that when you are here, uh, God is not just uh, kadabra, bra, kadabra, two, three, uh, turn around seven times, and uh, voila, we have something in the name of Sarah, something. No, 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 no. When we talk about workmanship, we are literally talking about the what? We are talking about uh, the manufacturer together with this product, sitting down and having a plan and coming out with a strategic plan on how to produce a certain, uh, a certain product. Glory to God. So we talk about the what that is the product. I see us talking about the where, uh, which it says is created in Christ Jesus, um, and for what, which is, or the why, uh, which is their purpose uh, for which the product has been brought into existence. Glory to God. I'm going to give you two versions, and I think I will go into the gist of what I want to discuss tonight. Uh, number one is the Weymouth translation of the New Testament. Uh, Weymouth talks about that scripture in chapter, verse number 10, chapter number 2, Ephesians, and it says that for we are God's own handiwork, uh, what the King James translators call workmanship. Weymouth says it is handiwork, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which has Pre-ordained or predestined, predestined uh, unto us that we may practice. Glory, hallelujah. Uh, handiwork or workmanship uh, that has been pre uh, in pre-ordination for purposes of practice. Glory to God. Let me give you the Bible in basic English here. And it says in that version that for we are his acts. Hallelujah. He talks about uh, the workmanship and then uh, Weymouth breaks it down to handiwork and I like the Bible in basic English because he calls it, uh, he says we are his act. And by him we are given existence in Christ Jesus to do the good works which God before has made ready for us that we might be able to do them. Uh uh, one more version I see here. It's the International Standard Version. I conclude with that for purposes of scholars we could have in the house. In verse, verse number 10, again, chapter number 2, uh, the International Standard of ISV says, For we are God's masterpiece. I think that's my favorite. Uh, workmanship and then handiwork and then his own acts, according to the basic English translation. But then look at the International Standard. He says, We are God's masterpiece, created in the Messiah Christ Jesus to perform good actions that God prepared long time ago to be our way of life. Ah, somebody say, my God. Ah, so we are talking about a handiwork. We are talking about a workmanship. We are talking about a masterpiece. I do believe with all my heart, my brothers and sisters, that when we begin talking about the glory arriving in your life, we are talking much bigger than uh, gold dust or talking much bigger than falling down and raising again. We are talking much more than shaking. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You know how Pentecostals demonstrate the glory? Some of them somersault, others, uh, others backflip, and others, their hair stands as it says, glory, hallelujah. Others, they take out their tongues and they look like, you know, uh, serpents of some kind. A lot of things happen in the Pentecostal church. No wonder somebody said they are in Pentecostals, they are petty rascals, all right? Because when things begin, and all that is demonstrated in the name of glory. 
today. All right. Uh, the pastor was in, in, in Nairobi in April and he told us about some churches where they begin to talk about the glory of God and then a smoke, a smoke machine is hit there and the smoke begin to rise and then the lights begin to flicker. Hallelujah. And you know, all those things are wonderful and they are fabulous and they are gracious. But when we begin to talk about the glory of God, I do believe that it is literally beyond uh, our carnal existence and the things uh, that we can touch and see with our natural eyes. Somebody say, Amen. So talk to me, preacher, tonight. What is it then uh, that you want to express? Talking about being his workmanship in Christ Jesus, created into good works that we, uh, that God has ordained before the way, the long, uh, long ago in time, that we might be able to walk in them. I'm completely convinced, brothers and sisters, that when we begin to talk about a manifestation of glory, we must first of all understand the product. Because the glory becomes of no value or of no, uh, it becomes degraded or an experience of degradation when the glory has nothing to land upon. Am I talking to somebody in here? So God in his mind and in his grace and in the understanding of the purpose of mankind begins to engage a product in the name of mankind that when the glory of God be revealed, it's shall land not upon a beast and not upon a horse, not upon the, 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 the fish under the sea or the stars in the heavens or the moon uh, high up in, in the sky, but that it shall fall upon the Son of Man. Come on, say amen. It must be Isaiah, what? 60, I guess. That says, arise and shine, for the glory has come upon you, and the light of God has shone upon you. God is not talking to trees and to mountains and to valleys and to, and to the, the things of this world. He's talking to men and women that he has called by his own name in the name of Israel. Hallelujah. So when we begin to talk about glory, we must reflect on the product. And in my understanding, ladies and gentlemen, that is you right there and that is me right there. Because God is talking about a workmanship. In literal sense, a workmanship is a thing that has been made or a thing in its making. We are talking about his handiwork. We are talking about a masterpiece. We are talking about a porter and the clay in the making of a great vessel by his act we were given existence by the act of god we were given existence huh in other words when i look at you never mind what you think about yourself in the mind of god you are the product that defines glory ah. huh I feel like that preaching anointing is coming little by little. If you feel with me, hallelujah. He says, or rather, uh, I want to say tonight that uh, we are his workmanship. His workmanship. His workmanship. Combine those words and you'll be ready for me tonight. Because we are his workmanship. Thank God for your mama. Thank God for your papa. But they had very little in this role. God simply chose them and gave them an opportunity for them to be the natural 
entity through which this uh, to be the medium through which you are going to produce to be produced so that ultimately God will be able to take hold of you again that he may be able to demonstrate his glory to the world ladies and gentlemen when we talk about glory and God demonstrating glory forget about the S class and the C class 200 forget about the big house in the big estate forget about the clad suit from Italia forget about the things that you think are glorious when God is talking about glory none of those things are on his mind but guess there is something on his mind and today I came to tell you you and me are on the mind of God when glory becomes his agenda Ah, hallelujah we are talking about being given existence something that has been affected and affected made or produced uh uh-huh by the art or skill of a workman hallelujah we are talking about the exquisite quality that is imparted unto a thing or a someone in the process of making uh-huh the hebrew word is the word poema which is the english word for poem which apart from the poems that are recited and said is also a word uh, which means workmanship it means masterpiece it means the ultimate definition <laughs> hallelujah huh? created formed huh? I don't know, you know, if I may just take it slow, you help me. I don't know if it has ever hit you once. Ne- ne- by the way, never mind giving uh, too much foundational things here and, you know, trying to see this and trying to see this. I, it's not like I don't think you've been to school, you know, but it is important for us to be reminded. Hallelujah. Has it hit you one of these days that, oh my God, I'm on the mind of God. Oh my God, I'm not in Tanzania by chance or coincidence that God in his sovereign plan he had an agenda for something with a package of your name glory to God assembled it in the best way he could gave someone an opportunity to bring it forth if you do not think that is true why did he tell Jeremiah that I knew you before you were ever formed in your mother's womb ah somebody hearing me tonight if it were not so, how could Isaiah have prophesied that a virgin has brought forth a son unless if that son really existed before Mary ever conceived? Ah, the how shall this happen unto me? And the angel said unto her, the Holy Ghost will come upon you. The power of the Most High will come upon you and it will overshadow you and you shall conceive and the thing that you shall conceive, the holy thing that you shall conceive shall be called the Son of God. Never mind its formations, never mind its uh, existence in different relations at all times. It was always the second person of the Trinity. It was always the Son of God before he was and when we saw him when Simeon carried him in his hand and he said now your servant can go rest in peace because he has seen the salvation of Israel when he stood in the fire with the three Hebrew boys and Nebuchadnezzar flabbergasted spoke to his people and they said the fourth one looks like the son of God all those times it was Jesus all along hallelujah and I know how we love that. Oh my God, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I'm going to talk about Jesus next year. Allow me to talk about you tonight. Because the scripture says, you are, we are 
his workmanship. Ah, I don't know, like, you know, I, I want to tell Pastor Fred, before I leave this country, I must eat Azam ice cream. Because the last time I was here, it just confused my mind, disorganized me and arranged me again. I went back home and the, the wife is asking me, how was the conference? I was like, there was an ice cream called Azam. But do you know that the guy, if it be a man or a woman, came up with some kind of concoction, with some kind of formula or recipe that gives us the existence of Azam ice cream? It's not just magic. Glory, hallelujah. Now, if you look at yourself like Azam ice cream, then God is Azam. And he's sitting down, drawing pictures, coming out with plants, so that the world will look at you and see the glory of God. Hallelujah. Now, workmanship is not only the sense of creation or the thing that is formed, but that word also denotes uh, the exquisite quality that is put upon a thing. Uh-huh. So if you hear me very well tonight, ladies and gentlemen, you are not just here where I come from. They say foie to simply mean a completely irrelevant. You cannot change anything in the world, whether you be or not be. Whether wh- wh- Basically, if you don't come to church, no one will realize that you didn't come to church. However, if you come still, no one will be bothered that you, that you came anyway. You understand what I'm trying to say? Most of us are living through life like that, completely irrelevant, inconsequential, and of absolute negative value to our society. At least some are remembered because of the negative that you did, not to encourage you that way but there must be something about your life that forever they will know that so and so lived in such a generation and that does not come to you by power or by mind but by understanding what God is up to with your life and ladies and gentlemen some people have called it purpose others have said it's the assignment others have said it is destiny I don't know whatever you want to give it a name for tonight but I came to tell you that you are on the mind of God and when God looks at you you are his recipe for glory. Ah. We ain't no man's workmanship. We are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus. Whatever the peace, whatever the hope, whatever the purity, whatever has been produced upon us, it is by the agency of God on the soul. Your transformation, your salvation, your redemption, the personality of who you are, whether you are the one that gets excited all the time, whether you are the one that looks like, you know, you need to cast out a devil, whether you are the one they have said that one, you know, the psychologist will break you down and talk about the sanguine, the choleric, the, 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 the somebody help me, the melancholy and the phlegmatic. Others will say it is the lion, the monkey, the giraffe or the ego. Others will say it is the yellow, the black, the blue and the red. Others, people will call it whatever they want to call it. Now, for some, they will say because you are that, you have these advantages and these disadvantages because you are that you have this hope and you have that loss because you are that you can do this and you cannot do this today i came to rearrange your theology and submit to you that whatsoever you are it is the mind of god it is the orchestration of god and god has made you the way you are because he has a plan for you he has a destiny for you to reach he has something for you to do and when he thought about the thing that he wants to do he needed someone like you I don't think I even need to go physical. But for that reason, 
you may just give up the fight on cutting your weight. I said, for that reason, you may just keep up the fight to try to become bigger. I said, for that reason, you may just give up the fight to try to change your pigment. I said, for that reason, you may just give up the fight to try to change your accent. I said, for that reason, you may as well give up the fight to try to becoming who you are not. Because God made you who you are. And who you are is the recipe for the definition of the function that God has brought you here for. And ladies and gentlemen, I came to tell you that if we can be what God says we are. We don't have to pray for glory because that is the glorious function of God in your life. Hallelujah. Come on somebody say hallelujah. We have been affected. We have been affected by God. We have been made by God. In Uganda, we say she has produced a child when a woman has given birth. That means that we have been produced by God. That literally makes us a product of God. What that simply means is that we carry the DNA of God. I never saw my father. My father never raised me. I never saw him anywhere. But if he ever showed up and he said he and my father today in this generation there is all forensic functions of DNA that will prove that so and so is my father. Are we talking? And yet, understanding that we are a product in the mind of God causes you and me to carry the DNA of God. Huh? Let's take it out of forensic science and keep it in theology. When I say DNA, I literally mean divine nature attributes. That you can be what God says you are. That you can live the life that God says you can live. That you can be what God expects you to be. Hallelujah. Slow down on your own expectations. Because you have expected so much and so big. And your life has become a winding cloak of frustration. Today I came to tell you. Lay down the cross. The weights of your own expectation. And begin to walk and live the expectations of God. I say begin to walk and live the expectations of God. When we understand that we are his workmanship. Ladies and gentlemen, our life is going to become lighter. We are going to let go of many things. We are going to let go so that we can let God. Because when I understand that I am God's product, I know that there are some things that I want so much, but I can never be able to do for myself, but only God can. Somebody hearing me tonight? Hallelujah. In the mind of God, I am a masterpiece. Uh-uh. I didn't say in your mind. I said in the mind of God. I know you look at me, ah, and you see a short preacher. I like that one because sometimes I preach to, I try to preach long so that I can convince someone that I'm not a short preacher after all. Huh? Hallelujah. But you think whatever you want to think in your mind, in the mind of God, I am a masterpiece. Okay, let me not cut you out of the boundary. Let me throw it back to you. In the mind of God, you are the action of his service. 
In the mind of God, you are not the product of a demon. You are the product of God Almighty. In the mind of God, he has put you together like he did Adam. Formed him out of the earth, out of the soil of the earth. And the Bible declares, he breathed upon him the breath of life. And the kingdom says, and man became a living soul. In other words, without the God factor in a man, man is not a living soul. Only dust. That's why the Bible declares that when all is said and now the earth will return to earth, the dust will return to dust, the ashes will return to ashes, and the God factor in you. Hallelujah. Did you know that when the Bible talks about uh, the coming of the Lord, he says that we will be given new bodies that know not, that are immortal. Glory, hallelujah. Mortal man age will have come to an end and all of a sudden we'll be receiving bodies like bodies of angels that know no death, that know no disease, that know no age, that know no wrinkle, that know no pain. They're literally immortal. Glory, hallelujah. So, in the beginning of our study, in the next uh, three or so days, I want you to have the foundational understanding that you are not your own. You are a product of a higher power. Glory, hallelujah. You are a product of a higher power. I say you are a product of a higher power. That's what should elevate your faith. That's what should scratch your conscience into believing what you really are. Glory, hallelujah. Understanding that God has a greater mandate over your life than you do for yourself will release the burden, will release the burden. You will not be in life after competition. I don't do what I do to prove anything to nobody. I don't do what I do to try to show somebody that I'm also here. I am not who I am the impression of any man or any woman but in the demonstration of the God factor in my life I am who I am just like a radio is what a radio is just like I am just like the earth is what the earth is just like a product is what a product is in the eye in the beholding of the creator of the product glory hallelujah Ah, we are his masterpiece we are the representation of this finished work. All right? Let me give you a few scriptures and I'll be out of your way tonight. I can see I'm already out of my time. Psalm 100 and, chapter 100 and verse number 3. He says, For we, for know ye, uh, know ye that the Lord, he is God. And it is he that has made us. Not we ourselves. We are his people. And the sheep of his pasture. Huh? I don't know if you've ever taken time to think about scriptures of that kind. That we have not made ourselves. We are not our own people. Hallelujah. And I know you think about your rent and you think about your bills. You think about the things that you need to do. And most of the time, the trouble you go through and catching the anxiety you live with and catching the dilemmas of your life, your day-to-day life, is because many times you think that you're your own person. Many times you think that you have to do what you do so that you may be what you got to be. And the world has taught us like that. You fight to go through school because without school you'll never have a job. Uh Uh-huh. 
I had somebody ask a question and say they told us when we were younger, go to school and go to school and go to school so that when you're done with school, you'll live a great life. And we went to school and got all the degrees and down the road, we are still jobless and we are still living like mere men. There is something in there that I think is absolutely not right. Because before I tell you about school, I must first of all introduce you to who you are. I must first of all introduce you to your capacities, your abilities. I must first of all introduce you to divine attributes in your life. I must first of all introduce you to who you are in the sight of God so that you may begin to see yourself in the mirror that God sees you as. Ladies and gentlemen, in the understanding of these things, I have no fear, not for tomorrow or the past, not for failure or defeat, not for any man or any woman, not for a circumstance, a situation, not for a temptation or anything, because I am completely convinced that I am not my own. There is a higher power that rules and guards my life. There is a sovereign grace that rules and dominates my life because I am connected to my source, the place where I come, which is not a man, but God Almighty. He says, we are the sheep of his pasture. A people that God has created. Hallelujah. Not our own selves. But we are the sheep of his pasture. Look at 138 and verse number 8. He says, the Lord will perfect uh-huh, that which concerneth me. Thy mercy, O Lord, endureth forever. And then he says, forsake not. The work of thine own hands. The reason God cannot forsake you. Are you listening to me? The reason God cannot forsake you. Is because you are his making. You are his workmanship. You are his created being. Uh Ride on you and brag on you. And for the name of the Lord to be proclaimed throughout eternity because of you. Just like we talk about uh, Isaac Newton and the laws of motion. Just like we talk about uh, a steam with electricity. Just like we talk about anybody that you want to talk about with the works that have gone ahead of them. God wants the world to talk about him because of you. Come on somebody. I say come on somebody. So, we will excuse the color of your skin. We will excuse the way you talk and your accent. We will excuse your behavior and your imagination. And we want to pay attention where attention must be paid. That you are a person, a sheep of God Almighty. You are his handiwork. He has created you. He has made all things beautiful in your life. He gives you the looks. He gives you the capacity. He gives you the talent. He gives you the energy. He gives you the capacity. They call it capacity building. God has literally done a capacity building in your life that there is nothing that heaven has for you that you do not have capacity to handle because you are a mind product of divine nature. Thank you for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe and share the message to your family and friends. Follow us on our social media at Kingstar Church.